hate you both. I've hated you ever since I can remember. I hate you, and I wish you both had cancer. Cancer? Yes, in the head. <gasps> I'm as bad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain! Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? This is the stupid answer show! Uh-oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. <laughs> I got an idea. And now, the host of the Stupid Cancer Show, Matthew Zack. Woohoo! Not that there's anything wrong with him. Because he has a lot of chits, but. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hello and welcome to episode 362 of the Stupid Cancer Show, the voice of young adult cancer. I am your host, Matthew Zachary, a proud 19-year young adult brain cancer survivor, coming to you live right now from the Chemo Deck, our fabulous studio in downtown Manhattan. Broadcasting since 2007, the Stupid Cancer Show is a production of Stupid Cancer, the largest charity comprehensively addressing Young Adult Cancer online at stupidcancer.org. I'm Kenny Kane, co-founder of Stupid Cancer, welcoming all of our first-time and returning listeners. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and following us on SoundCloud. It is not okay that 72,000 young adults are diagnosed with cancer each and every year. So, got cancer? Under 40? Sucks, huh? Time to get busy living, folks, because the Stupid Cancer Show is changing the world one chemo infusion at a time. It is National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and we are going to be focusing our time on spotlighting one of my favorite charities in the whole world, the Young Survival Coalition. We've got the uh, CEO, Jen Merstorf, and the Chief Program Officer, Stacey Lewis, returning champions to the program, coming back live here in studio. Uh, and we have our Survivor Spotlight on, um, wait, I'm missing it. Where is it? Is she in here? Emily Helk, live in studio. I, I, have, I had brain cancer 20 years ago. I'm going to make it. I'm playing the cancer card live on the air during the intro. And metastatic breast cancer is the issue of our day in this month. Very excited. It's going to be a great show. And here we go. Big applause for my massive errors. But that's what makes the show so great. That's on me. Hello, Kenny. Hello. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? What are you doing? I'm telling you to keep rolling with the intro. That's okay. I'm I'm a self-repairing organism. You are. So tomorrow will be better than today. I hope so. I hope so. What are you up to these days? Uh, what did you do this weekend? I slept all weekend, actually. I slept until like 2 o'clock both days. How millennial, millennial of you? I'm clinging to my youth. <laughs> this is your last year of it, my friend. We're working on it. Yeah, the big two nine coming up this December. Oh boy, the end of the end of an era. Mm-hmm. Mallory, hello. How are you? I am just dandy. That's my favorite. What I always expect. I wanted to welcome you to the show for the first time as a resident of Manhattan. 
Yes, I am now officially, officially a resident of Manhattan. I'm kind of excited about it. No, it's a big deal. Yes, it's good times. So wait, what's your commute now? Door to door this morning was, including a stop for coffee, was 40 minutes. That beats me. It was not bad at all, and it was a really good coffee. And I'm going to guess the best part of it was no L train. No L train. It's <laughs> glorious. I take the A, and it is literally a straight shoot down. It's fantastic. It doesn't even stop that many times. Like you can count how many times it stops on two hands. It's it's just brilliant. No, it's a great. It's really great. We're it's happy for times. you. So now you can get to the office. No more of those. Um, yeah, the L train's broken. <laughs> yeah. I, I might be coming in today. <laughs> I left an hour ago, and I'm still not here. No, right. it's uh, th- between that and the fact that I'm reunited with. The love of my life, my dog. It yes. is yes. good times. No, that's good. Yes. So uh, anyway, Jen Mershdorf, CEO of uh, YSC, my good friend, long-term uh, breast cancer survivor. Oh, long here. time. Yeah. yeah. Celebrating five years. That's a, that's the used to be the magic number, but do yeah. we really go by that number anymore? I don't know. Nah, it's, it's whatever. Yeah. Anyway, I love to see your face. I love that you're here in studio. <laughs> um, and uh, so we're going to hit the news here at the top of the show. I uh, had the privilege of speaking and actually giving us a concert for 700 um, nurse navigators, patient navigators, social workers at the 6th Annual Survivorship Navigation Conference produced by the Academy of Oncology Nurse Navigators in Atlanta. And I'd never done 90 minutes. It was 90 minutes, and I was with our um, our board member, David Fuhrer, who's on uh, has been on the show several times. Dave's a two-time testicular cancer survivor and handing up the Instapure mobile health product that we're launching uh, that is launched that we're working on and um we just did like this crazy song and dance it was really incredible and i had not been in front of navigators and social workers in a very long time in that capacity the one thing i will say is it's always really good to keynote before the exhibit hall opens (laughs) because boom we didn't come home with a shred of collateral it was gone everything was gone and um it was just so humbling because they are really where the rubber meets the road. They're the ones that touch the patients at the hospitals that have them. You know, they're still not really a billable code. Mm-hmm. So they're a luxury, in, in, which is sad. But there is so much science that I learned about where by having them, it saves them. It saves you more money than you could think of in terms of the spend on the, the payroll more than nets itself out because they help the outcomes so much more. The navigation really matters, especially when Dr. Google just messes with your mind every single day. Um, so that was incredible, and we look forward to doing some really good things. I already got an email that they want to get involved with CancerCon in April. So it's just like, how cool is that? The opportunity to really get into that oh shit window, because they're there in the oh shit window. The the diagnosis and treatment starts. And 90 minutes is a long time. It was a I didn't realize it was 90 minutes. How many chapters of Harry Potter did you get through? Um, seven. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time. I think there were eight, though. And then the secret one that J.K. Rowling announced, yeah. right? There were seven books. Yeah. Seven. Just seven. 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 Yeah. Just seven. Okay. Yeah. I'm Your resident her. nerd speaking, there were seven. <laughs> <laughs> Mallory with the win here. And, um, no, it was, it was, it was, it was just incredible. There no words. Just incredible. These, these women who give so much of their time in their lives, even the burnout, they keep coming back. And you'd be surprised how many of them are cancer survivors mm. who go into the field mm. and live and breathe that every day. A third of them were peds and the rest were adult. And it's always the ones that say, you know, I deal with an older population, but it's the one 19-year-old breast cancer that I see mm. that I just don't know what to tell them. 
and now I know what to tell them. Fine, why I see. Yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah, of course. <laughs> no, and I said like you know, there's a, you know, read that white that your poster. We're going to talk about the white paper that you posted. That that's amazing science there. I said like this is the group you have to know about, and we're the group that. So it was, again, really humbling to be there. Uh, I did want to make a special note to. Uh, I don't have the the um, the bells, the church bells, but chasing life was canceled. And I could, I guess, you know, technically I could do this one. A moment of silence. Yeah, moment for of one silence. Of the greatest <laughs> ABC Family shows ever. Yeah, it really sad, really sad. There's a whole, there's a change.org petition now. There is. People are very serious, and I've noticed quite a few people who are stupid cancer followers posting as well that they're posting the petition to bring it back. No, and uh, at least bring it back on like Amazon or Netflix or. Hulu or something like that. You never know. know. Although I will say from watching this season pretty intently, as I do, uh, they did wrap it up very nicely in in the season finale, which ended up being the series finale. So there there is sort of a bit of closure, but in the same token, it makes it no less. No, and I, I agree. I agree. It would have been nice to see it continue. Hopefully it might continue in limited production somewhere else yes. on the internet it's always totally plausible for shows to be re reborn this reminds me of when i did that show in 2007 um um what was that show on lifetime side order of life. yes yeah, side order of life i was involved with that show in 2007 which is similar as the, the arc of a young adult with brain cancer working in an ad agency and um they canceled the show after one season but it was the first year that lifetime had forums on their website so the backlash of people, because the show actually had really good ratings, and they still canceled it. So this backlash was the first time they'd ever been like web backlash from from viewers on the internet, and they they didn't bring it back either. But you know, ratings and money and whatever. But rust in peace, chasing life. It did a great service for the young adult movement. It truly did. And uh, just that they had like stupid cancer plastered on the wall in the support group. On the show, you can't really ask for that. Multiple times. Yes. Really <laughs> incredible. Uh, really quickly then, um, the uh, we, we have our big fundraiser coming up Tuesday. And if Sean's not here, we have a- Wednesday. When, why have I been saying Tuesday my whole life? I don't know, but we'll it, be there the next night. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be there Tuesday. You'll be there Wednesday. Toast, an evening with stupid cancer, our inaugural fundraiser ever in the history of ever uh, for stupid cancer. Very excited to have, I think, 140. 75 sold out 175 people coming yep yes very very uh very exciting never had one before so let's see what happens um omg west is launching tomorrow right mel also inaugural inaugural omg west conference in irvine we're expecting what 100 and some odd attendees about 100 is is what we're we're aiming for we have good feelings no it's a big deal this is our we're expanding our programs look at that folks yes really it's going cool. to be exciting especially your after, tax your tax dollars at work <laughs> <laughs> especially after a super exciting omg east yes it'd be nice to move it to another coast that, yes exactly we're making all the people very happy except in the middle of the country that's what cancer cons for. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. We're hitting all sides. And we want to Almost. thank our. Uh, we have to thank our sponsors for this show: Aflac, Bristol Myers Squibb, and Seattle Genetics for making this show possible. Thank you, guys. We could not do it without you, and uh, we heart you very much. And finally, before we uh, introduce our um, survivor spotlight, California passed the right to die legislation, fifth state in the country to do it. 
And we go back to the Brittany Maynard story that we covered months and months ago. Young adult diagnosed with what, leukemia or Hodgkin's? Uh, she was diagnosed with a... Some kind of blood it, cancer. No, it was a, no? a brain cancer. Brain Are you sure cancer. it was brain cancer? Okay. 100% positive. Brittany yes. Maynard with brain cancer. Yes. <laughs> and apparently there were some surgeries and chemotherapies that, that could have done miracles for her, but she opted out and chose to move to Oregon because they had... Right. The right to die legislation at the time. I think it was one of the only states. I think it was. And a bunch of states are now piling on because this is your, why do we need Jack Kevorkian to do it for us and then have him get in trouble? This is, I guess, the new patient liberty. And it's controversial. And you can argue both sides, but it, it's a discussion. And uh, I don't know. It, it's it's just fascinating. This is, the, this is where we're at today, where you should have the right to end your life if you truly feel... Like, you know, it's not, I guess it's suicide, but that has such a negative connotation to it. It's, is there a word? Death with dignity. Death with dignity. Mm. There you go. Implying there is no dignity to suicide. Thank you. <laughs> we will wrap that up in a nice bun. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, moving good. forward. Very nice. Moving forward. Exactly. That is moving on. Yes. Well, if that, uh, I think that wraps us up. Let's, uh, let's kick off our Survivor Spotlight. Live here, I'm staring at her in studio right here, right now. Emily, is it Helk? Is yes. That, Emily Helk, writer and artist, lives in New Jersey, Jersey City. While she is being treated for breast cancer, or while she was, thankfully, being treated for breast cancer in 2012, she completed a photo diary of the year of treatment, which the, she then stitched together into a one-minute video, which went viral on YouTube, viewed over 2 million times. I was talking to her before the show. Really remarkable story. Really excited to have her share it with you guys right now. Emily Helk, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. No, it's great. It's great. Um, Kenny also just reminded me that you were one of our early supporters of Instapeer. Oh, yes, I was. And I, and I met you, but I think you had shorter hair. <laughs> yes, well, that's that always the story, right? <laughs> <laughs> so you were telling me before the show um, that you were married when you got sick. And that your husband was a survivor at the time. Yes. Uh, my husband, Matt, um, we were living together in 2008, and he was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin lymphoma, um, treated here in the city, uh, went through the whole thing together. Um, and after that, we were like, hey, I guess I really like you. Let's get married. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we got married, which was great. Um, you know, have a dog, cats, et cetera. And then in 2012, I I was diagnosed, and it was a uh, it was it was a very strange experience, uh, you know, for a lot of reasons. But one of them was that you know I was having all these scary ultrasounds and biopsies and all these really terrifying things that every person goes through when they're kind of in the diagnosis process. But I kept clinging to this, you know, thing that there's no way this could be happening to me too. What uh -huh. are the chances? Yes. You know, just. I'm an English major. I don't understand numbers, but I felt that they wouldn't let me down. And <laughs> right. then when they did, it was a really scary, bizarre feeling. Was it a self-exam or just a bump in the night or a doctor visit? Uh, for No, it was I had a kind of unusual symptom, actually. I didn't have a lump. I had some bleeding from my breast. And um, when that happened, I kind of flashed back to high school health class, of all things. And I thought, this is just, I know this isn't. Okay. So I emailed my doctor and 
I love that I can email my doctor. That's pretty it's cool. Awesome. And she was like, just come in tomorrow. We'll we'll figure it out. And that, you know, kind of started off the whole thing. Was this a, a gynonc or your GP? Just my GP. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And she knew I have a pretty strong family history. Both my dad's sisters were diagnosed um, in their 40s. So it was on my radar, but certainly not at the age I was. I was 28. Are you Braca? No, I'm not. not Though everyone, every yeah. doctor I've been to said there's something yeah. genetic Same happening. Thing happens we to just me. don't know what yeah, it is. Exactly. Yeah. It's very frustrating. So this was relatively quick, thankfully. Yeah. We yeah. like those stories. It typically takes months and years in some cases to get the right diagnosis. No, yeah, I feel I feel really lucky that my doctor took it seriously from the get-go. And every every doctor I saw was, you know, very, it's probably fine, but let's just be super, super cautious. And right. I that was super important. Jen, do you think this speaks to the progress and awareness on the part of primary care? Mm, hard to know. I hope so. I hope that that's happening more and more across the country. I mean, how hard are both of our organizations yes. are working to raise yes. awareness mm-hmm. with primary care doctors that young women can and do get breast cancer? Yes. Let's hope that that's happening. So you, what stage were you when diagnosed? So I was stage one. Okay. And you opted for a bilateral mastectomy. I did, yeah. So lumpectomy was impossible because I also had a lot of DCIS, which is stage zero right. uh, breast cancer. Um, so I couldn't do a lumpectomy and because of my family history, I was just like, let's just, yeah, let's just do it. Right. Do the double. So was there any reservation on the part of your surgeon or they just said absolutely whatever you want? Uh, she was totally supportive of me. I got several opinions, um, all of which said, you know, you have to do the single mastectomy, but you know, it's your choice. Right. You know what you do beyond that. So talk us through what you were going through because you're an artist you're a creative being on this planet uh you're not a photographer but you somehow picked up a camera and you decided to photograph what so it was a really it was so strange so i had my surgery um and i remember the day my plastic surgeon took off the bandages from the from the double mastectomy and he kind of stood me in front of the mirror and did the whole dramatic unwrapping thing and i don't remember that from my perspective, I remember it from across the room. I had like a weird out of body experience. <laughs> wow. wow. And I remember here, I can hear myself saying, it's not that bad, um, but I can't see my reflection. It's, it's, it was very strange and disconcerting. And I kind of came through the surgery fog and felt like I had no idea what had happened. And that was very troubling. So when I started chemo, I just felt like, you know what, I'm just going to take a picture. I had chemo every week. I'm going to take a picture every week. Um, And I just kind of did it very automatically, uh, not looking at the photos just to make sure that, you know, made sure they were in focus. And then I would put the camera away. Uh, And I just I never thought I would continue doing it for any real length of time. I just kind of felt compelled. I don't know. I would, you know, be watching Mad Men and (laughs) during a commercial hop up and take a picture and then just go back to doing what I was doing. So. I kept that up for a year. Um, I was also uh, receiving Herceptin, so that's for a year. So the, the one-year mark kind of came, and I finished that, and I had finished a lot of other treatment, not all of it. Um, what was your protocol? What were you on? What, what meds? Yeah, so I was on kind of a what at the time was a little bit of an experimental thing for stage 1 HER2-positive people, um, which was just Taxol, uh, which is a chemotherapy and Herceptin. So it was kind of a, a less intense 
chemo than a lot of a lot of young women get. Um, was it a trial? It wasn't a trial. It had, it was in trial at Dana Farber where I had um, some consults, uh, but we decided my oncologist here in the city and I decided that it seemed like a good option for me, so we just did it. Um, so you seem pretty social media savvy. Yeah, you, and you splice together as so not a photographer, not a nonlinear editor. Right. And you put together this, you splice together these photos into a one minute montage. Yeah, yeah. So so I put put the photos together one minute. I just felt like, you know, I was kind of clicking through them and saw this entire year kind of take shape. And so uh, I threw it up on my blog. I was like, maybe stupid cancer will see it. Um, <laughs> and kind of went to bed. And I was really shocked the next morning when it had thousands of views. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> All right. So what do we look for? How do we find this video? If you just Google me, I'm the only Emily Halk in the world. Um, you'll find it. <laughs> the only Jennifer Merstorf in yeah, the world. It's, so we have that in common. Yeah, that's it's a good thing. What um music did you use as the the underscore? I went on a, a stock music site that oh. I had used before for work videos. Right. Um and found one that I liked and I recently heard it in a Doctors Without Borders commercial. So nice. I made oh, a good choice. Yeah. Wow. So all right, so when did you notice that it wasn't just staying at one view, which was your mom's. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't just my mom hitting refresh. Right. Um, it was really like the next morning it had like 3,000 views. Wow. Um, and I was like, okay. What and, was the name of the video, by the way? Uh, at the time, it was One Year, One Minute, and I changed it to uh, A Year of Breast Cancer at 28. Um, yeah, so it, it sort of kind of was piling up and piling up, and um, I got really freaked out because the internet can be very mean. Yeah. Um, I'd had amazing experiences with support groups online, um, but I, you know, my husband's a political reporter, so I'm also very exposed to that mm-hmm. side of it. Um, so I was very worried, and I almost took it down, but he convinced me not to. Uh, and it just went insane. I was on local news it was That's awesome everywhere guy so. kawasaki shared it two years ago wow oh i didn't even know that yeah he's Candy's doing some re- <laughs> internet reconnaissance for yeah. you right now <laughs> a big deal. thank you i should hire you um. <laughs> <laughs> so your your blog probably blew up and you you were doing media now and you all of a sudden became a, a celebrity spokesperson for young breast cancer yeah did you know what that meant at the time I learned very quickly what was wanted of me in terms of the story that I was telling. Um, I felt, you know, a lot of this report, they were very, very nice, everyone I spoke to. Um, A lot of people were um, cancer survivors themselves, you know, very kind and sweet people. But the last question was always, so how are you now? Yes, how are you feeling? And so I knew, I just felt this really intense pressure that they wanted me to say, I'm doing great and I'm going to climb Mount Everest and I'm right. you know, yeah, I'm yeah. better than ever. And I I couldn't do that. And it was hard because I'm a people pleaser. But, <laughs> um, you know, I could see the disappointment in their faces when I would say, you know, I feel OK. You know, some good days, some bad days, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is like the um, the uh, Emily McDowell cards uh, have you heard of this? Oh, yeah. She was I'm on the show. Fan. She was here, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? The Empathy Cards. And uh, if you haven't heard about them, Mal, you want to just say a brief? They're so genius. Yeah, they're pretty great. So she created a line of Empathy Cards for people who don't know what to say 
or to prevent people from saying the wrong thing, sort of, uh, after she herself and her experience had had some people say some not so great things. Um, they're pretty awesome. They're also kind of hilarious. They sort of, one of my favorites is, uh, I promise to never refer to your treatment as your journey unless someone takes you on a cruise. <laughs> there's there's <laughs> just some really good. It's snarky. It's edgy. Yes. It's like she's poking a stick at Hallmark. And it's kind of the stuff that we wish we had been given when people, I mean, how many times, Jenna, people said stupid things to you? It was on forever. Yeah, it's still happening. too long. Yeah, I still have like ants that went to my bar mitzvah. They're like, how are you feeling? Like, it's 20 <laughs> years. Leave me alone. I've got headaches. You know, leave me alone. So anyway, so I guess this is a really good dovetail into our show tonight. Uh, did you know about any young adults with cancer, young adults with breast cancer? Was there anything brought to your attention? You're in New York City, the Mecca capital of the universe. Were you isolated? It was really interesting, actually. So my husband had had cancer three years earlier, and the experience was one of total isolation for him uh, for him and for me. Um, and so when it happened to me, I think I made a really conscious effort to change the things that, that seemed really difficult about his experience. And uh, he introduced me to one of his coworkers who had had breast cancer at 31, who was a state leader for YSC. And she was Young Survival Coalition, and she was um, the first person I talked to my own age. Um, and we spoke for hours on the phone, and she gave, gave me the most amazing information. And she was like, you know, her kind of her closing advice was, you got to go to YSC. So I did. I, did. I went to my first uh, support group meeting the night before I started chemo. Uh, I met two friends there, and I met a third friend a couple weeks later at a YSC meeting at a couple months later at a YSC meeting and we're super close we got matching tattoos at the beginning so of this nice awesome. very I'm nice well. <laughs> I'm taking the idea and they changed my life in a in a really ser- a really really intense way and YSC I don't know what I would have done if I if I didn't have that place to go where people always got it I, I, Literally got it. Yeah, got it. <laughs> got it. <laughs> and so amazing between Emily's story and mine are almost exactly the same. That was the first thing I was told. You got to find YSC. You got to get in there. And I walked into the New York City office and found these women. They changed my life. And then you said, "I'm going to be the CEO." Well, that Bye. was a little later. <laughs> but, but I do like to say also that you know, y, like doctors may probably save my body. I'll give them that. Yeah, yeah. But YSC definitely saved my soul. There's no way I could have got through it the way I did without those women and the resources. Are you right. kidding? The newly diagnosed resource kit. It was like walking home, and be like, "I have all the answers. <laughs> I have all the answers." So yeah. So I share your journey. Yeah. So I mean, that's exciting. I I would I would say it's still an outlier. That a lot of women, a lot of men, a lot of young people are just not aware, and that Doctor Google makes it even worse. Yeah. But you, were, we're very fortunate to happen to know somebody that knows somebody, and right. and you know, I mean, I was diagnosed in the Stone Age when there was nothing, which is fine. Well, you're old. Yeah, I'm very old. <laughs> I, hey, 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 yeah, exactly. I'll be nice. I'll be nice on the air. <laughs> uh, so, what has it meant for you? Um, Obviously, I get it. We all get it. It saved your soul. It's it's everything you wished you knew about on the day you were diagnosed, but you found it pretty much right after that, which is exciting. What is your um? And not everyone's going to make a viral YouTube video or have married a young adult survivor. It is. It is. You are very n of one in the sense of of this experience. Um, 
have you continued to take photos of yourself? Is there anything continuing from this happy miracle? I, I, I stopped that part of it, actually. I kind of made a conscious and yet unconscious decision to stop that and focus on, on, focus on my writing, um, get back into drawing, kind of slowing down the, the process a little bit, um, being a little more conscious about it. Because with, I always feel like with this video, there's so much about cancer there. You just kind of keep your head down. You don't look anyone in the eye and you just do what they tell you. And so the pictures, the photographs were sort of a way I could look without looking. Um, and now, three years later, I am being more conscious about reflection and understanding the entire experience. Well, Emily, thank you for joining us. We're going to take a break and do the news. So you get your own special round of applause. Thank you so much. This is so fun. All right, Kenny, let's... Uh... Let's do the news. Hello, I'm Kent Brockman, and this is Eye on Cancer. Just the facts, ma'am. Head on over to events.stupidcancer.org. That's events.stupidcancer.org. Sign up for a meetup, alert, and never miss an event again. If you'd like to learn more about hosting your own Stupid Cancer meetup, visit stupidcancer.org forward slash meetup. We do not have any meetups to report currently, but we look forward to having some in the future. No one should face cancer alone because isolation sucks. Download Instapeer for iPhone, iPad, and Android, create your account, and instantly start chatting with someone just like you who's been there and walked in your shoes. Join our community of thousands of cancer patients, survivors, and caregivers right now on your mobile device, instapeer.org. We launched a newsfeed aggregator on Tumblr for all the articles, blogs, and stories we couldn't possibly have the time to post on social media. Check out what we're reading 24-7 and don't miss a beat. Subscribe at stupidcancer.org forward slash feed. Cancer is expensive. Check out cancermademebroke.com. That's right, cancermademebroke.com, our national partnership with Give Forward, the number one platform to start a medical fundraiser. You didn't ask to get sick. And your community wants to help. Visit CancerMadeMeBroke.com to learn more and start your personal fundraiser today. Support our programs and services by heading over to StupidCancerStore.org. You'll feel great and look great in your new Stupid Cancer gear. That's StupidCancerStore.org. Be proud. Wear Stupid Cancer. And that is your Stupid Stupid Cancer Cancer News. All right. You heard her voice before, but now it's official. Jen Merstorff, the CEO of the Young Survivor Coalition, young adult breast cancer survivor diagnosed at 38 years old with her... 36? Get your facts straight. All right. Who's in charge? (laughs) Factcheck.org. In tow with her beautiful dog, Preston, here live in studio. Joining her uh, chief program officer, Stacey Lewis, celebrating 10 years work anniversary at YSC. Together, when they join Wonder Twin Powers, activate... (laughs) That's us. Two of the most powerful women in cancer advocates. Please welcome officially... Stacey Lewis, Jen Merstorf. Notice the dog was the beautiful one. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, here Partner goes. Partner in crime. All right, so before we get to the history, what does hearing Emily's story mean to each of you? Uh, you, start. Uh, you know what's interesting for me? I really had a moment where I was starting to feel like, wow, it works. <laughs> <laughs> I say that all the time. It, it works. works. You know, we go to work every day. We're really working hard to make sure that um, women, their co-survivors, that people have the services that they need. And sometimes you get behind the computer, behind the desk, and you forget 
that it does work. Right. So for me, um, that was the blessing of being here tonight to hear that. Oh, shit, it works. <laughs> <laughs> Damn straight. <laughs> I second that. Yeah. So you, Jen, went through, you said a similar experience. Yeah, very similar. Yeah, tell us about it. Yeah, um, my mother was diagnosed seven months before I was with breast cancer. And similar to Emily, uh, my mother, although not her husband, my husband, um, my mother did it in a very isolated way. And it was very hard on me and very hard on the family. And so when I was diagnosed, I felt like that was the one area I was going to do very different. Um, and I actually reached out to my entire network and my husband's network and just said, been diagnosed with breast cancer, will be fine. If you want to help, tell me if you've ever met another young woman with right. breast cancer, because I can't be that special. The part about that that I find interesting is that you chose to use the word young. It doesn't yeah. typically occur yeah. when we but say- But I had just been through it. I just came back from chemo with my mom in California. So like someone not my mom's age not was in your head. Not my mom's age, yeah, because I was there with her going right. to all the meetings yeah, you yeah. Know, and all the stuff. So um, within about 24 hours, I had my seven angels and there were women around the world uh, that had all been diagnosed with breast cancer. They got me through my first weekend and every single one said the same thing. Get yourself to YSE. There you and go. there it goes. And the rest is history. That's pretty amazing. So you were currently working. Were you at the Sierra Club back then? Um, I had or been you... at the Sierra Club, but no. At that time, I was here in New York City. Okay. So you had a job. I had a somewhere job. Somewhere else. Yep. Not, working. Not NYSC. Yep. <laughs> and then how that happened? Well, you know, I mean, the, the thought <laughs> Heaven's being... open. <laughs> you know, I, I had been trained in, in nonprofit management and... Um, executive everything finance product operations everything and so the idea of doing the job and running the company was easy the idea of learning cancer and the world of cancer was a little intimidating having been there well yeah i, I was nine months out from my diagnosis date when i started at yc right so not even a year out. i think i met you the next day yeah i think you might have <laughs> stacy you and i go back a very long time long time it's been a love affair mm, it has indeed <laughs> so what brought you into the charity work in the first place. What brought me into the charity work was the reality that, you know, women were suffering, people were suffering, and I figured there must be something I can do about it. So here I am. And make sure that you come to the big party. I don't know where it's going to be, when it's going to be, but sometime early next year, my 10th anniversary at YSC. Oh. Oh, we it's will. It's on. We will. Are we going to go back to Capitol? Celebrate. <laughs> I don't know if it'll be that big. It you might know. be that big. We can't yeah. spend if any I'm, money if I'm on it. For it. <laughs> it's not going to be that big. We can't spend any money on it, but it will be worth celebrating because yes, it is indeed definitely. my honor to be able to help people. And um, I think that there are many of us out there. And so, to your point, we go back a long way. And so, to see my uh, little brother grow up into what is now known as the stupid cancer. Emperor. <laughs> <laughs> I've been crowned. <laughs> I'm officially crowned. Thank you. And there it is. Which that goes the forces here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put Prince that on LinkedIn. Link I, want that, I want my LinkedIn recommendation to say that. No problem. <laughs> so let's talk about the origins because YSC is coming up on, what, 20 years soon? soon. Almost. That's, coming up. It's pretty amazing. So this was kind of a reaction to the breast cancer movement that kicked off in the 80s mm -hmm. when a lot of younger women were like, what about us? Right. We're different. Correct. So let's talk about Randy and how it all got started. Mm. So there was really nothing there. And the reality is, is that you had these three young women that had the opportunity to come together, uh, recognizing that every time they went into a chemo suite or every time they talked to their 
their obstetrician, their gynecologist, their oncologist, any doctor about young women and breast cancer, they were a novelty. Uh, and, you know, as you could well imagine, that runs dry very quickly. Mm-hmm. And so um, they really had the um, wherewithal to come together. And they talked to a number of the big players in the oncology community at that time. Um, but it didn't seem like a big deal. They were recognized as formidable, but not necessarily anyone that really needed to be paid attention to. Uh, and so we're very grateful almost 20 years later to really be able to look back and to know that all three of those women, uh, maybe not as young, but are <laughs> all doing well right. and really have left us with a legacy to continue to ensure that no young woman faces breast cancer alone. And it really kind of gave birth to this concept of cancer by age, because yeah. up until then it was babies and everyone else. Absolutely. And this gray area of like 16 to 21, right. which right. kept fluctuating back and forth. And Because I was 20 on the peds, but some people are 21 and adult, so there's right. no standard. Right. And it, it really was like this wellspring, because back in those days, that's when First Descents got started after you guys and the Almond Cancer Fund right. and Planet Cancer started. And you guys. And, well, no, I was 10 years later. I was 07. Uh, 10 years I later. was diagnosed the year you were started. So, okay. like, I was like, All right, so right. Like, All right, I got to get my facts straight. <laughs> it's okay. You're, you're 36. That's right. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> we're even. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and I'm going to just looking back at the, you know, it was so difficult back then. There was no internet. Everything was very manual. You could print things out and Literally sales cards and walking yeah. to places. Mailings. Yes, mailings. Old we kept school. the United States Postal Service in strong, business. Yes, baby, yes, strong. yes, yes. <laughs> so the transformation with social media has truly made a massive impact. Uh, I I do want to comment. I'm really impressed with how you guys have always handled uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. It's always with grace and tact. It's the right amount of pink slamming where we can point fingers about things that are just ridiculous and the right amount of messaging what really matters. Um, and, and for me, you guys took, and I, I, I kind of reshared and stole your video that you posted today about metastatic because that to me really hits home. We, I, I can't not mention Annie Goodman, my former co-host mm-hmm. here, who passed away a year ago from a triple negative and BRCA yeah. um, metastatic breast cancer. It, it is the untold story that needs more elevation in this sea of pink that October tends to be completely covered in. Can you talk to us about some of the initiatives that you guys are doing now, some really bold initiatives I was reading about for metastatic breast cancer? You know, I think that as an older organization, uh, we've had the opportunity to really build some great relationships. Um, I think that, you know, YSC has certainly seen from early days the need to focus on the metastatic breast cancer population. So a number of our resources are focused on that population, but we've also had the opportunity to build relationships with um, partners, with industry, with other organizations that really see the need to focus on this population. And so I think that during this month, um, it's probably going to feel like a unique year where you have, at I, I could probably name at least six industry partners that really have some great strong campaigns that are not about their drug but that are really about the patient experience of 
women of people dealing with metastatic breast cancer. And I think that that is the story um, that needs to also be elevated. It's great to have the pink. It's great to have the awareness. It's great to have people saying, yes, we want to make sure that research is funded. But it is also important to remember, unfortunately, that people are dying. And until we really raise that profile, we won't be able to make a difference um, in the research landscape. And so I think that this year you'll really see in October um, from some of our nonprofit partners uh, really investing in research and some of our industry partners acknowledging the metastatic population. There's going to be some really new stories we see. And so no, um, it just feels more classy this year. Yeah. Mm. I mean, no more. What was last year? Um the drill bits and stuff like that. We're so past that right now. It's yeah, really, yeah. I, I think everything's past that. Yeah. Right. It's not It's not about the socks. It's not about the right. color. It really is about the, the women, the people behind the story of breast cancer in October. Right. In September, we're really looking at ovarian cancer and other women's cancers. And, and then moving into October, um, it really is about the people uh, involved in the story. I, I can't not mention the, there's always blowback. There's always, what about my cancer? Every, every cancer has a ribbon, every cancer has a mother. Breast cancer is the number one cancer in women. Yes, So that it is rightfully true. does deserve, if you look at these statistical. And right. in young yeah, women. Yes, right. exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Which I only recently learned all this time I thought that uh, thyroid, and blood cancers were number one in you young adults. You thought it was my smile. Yeah, it's all right? you. It really <laughs> drew all of the attention. No, but breast cancer is the number one cancer in young adults. Obviously, it, women, because it's women, but in all right. of the 72,000, right. the biggest chunk is breast cancer right. and growing. Is there any discussion about environment or do you guys get into that at all? Hmm, I'm going to leave that one to you, Jen. You seem to really network with the folks in, involved in the um, environmental movement. Uh, yes, and. Um, I think that there's a lot we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I, but I also think there's a lot we do know. We just haven't figured out how to share it. Right. Um, and I, I'm excited to be working with a couple of different groups that I'm going to be pulling you into, Mr. Zachary. Wonderful. Um, and I'll, I'll ask my assistant. Hey, me. Yeah. Are you free? <laughs> you, you told me you were. But I, but I think, you know, I think there is a really interesting conversation that's starting to happen now about the environment and cancer and how they're hooked together. And it's so complicated and so messy that um, it's hard to have a simple answer, yes or no. But. Right. So let's talk about what you do. Okay. So Emily, you are a state leader. You got to YC because you met a state leader. How did that? What? What is it to you? You are a state leader. What is a state leader uh, in your in your words as one? Okay, as a state leader, um, I would say that the position is really just about um, a willingness to kind of take it a step beyond the support group and and your friends in the support group to um, facilitate further outreach to find the women that are not being reached yet uh, to to kind of just expand and, and take over the world for you what got I it. See. Definitely. The <laughs> well world said. The whole perfect. world. That was actually the job description she Said read. with a pinky to her <laughs> mouth. <laughs> so, so where did the YSC leader program come from? How long has that been around? Um, the, the state leader program is part of sort of the new YSC over the last three or four years since I've been there. Um, and it's tied to a a variety of different programs that we have that 
are really about empowering young women who've been diagnosed to give back in whatever form or fashion that they want to. No, they clearly there has been a massive pivot in YSC's impact and and just the visualization of what you mean and why you matter. Let's talk about the YSC Sync program. Okay. Because that that's super cool to me. Yeah, yeah. The Sync program is, you know, it's all about survivors. It's and it's it's why we exist. It's what we do. And um, we connect young survivors um, in person um, through these face to face groups that are all over the country. One of Meetup's biggest clients or partners now. Mm-hmm. Um, online, we have online support groups now. So Emily and I both went into an office and met these amazing women. And, and my vision was to be able to offer that virtually. And we just rolled that out. Um, so as those are growing, um, hopefully women can connect if they either don't feel well enough to go in person or maybe they don't live in an environment or a place that there is a meeting um, and then there's one-on-one support um, so that if you want to talk to somebody one-on-one will connect you so I think that there's all of that to connect with other survivors and then we hope to educate you and empower you through your journey so you can you know kick cancer's ass I approve that message. Yeah, go. I have to talk about the Tour de Pink because oh, every yeah. every year you like how the hell did I just bike a thousand billion yeah. billion miles? It starts on Brilliant. Friday. Tr- yeah, I know, I know. I'm I'm bringing that up on purpose to okay. give you pre-traumatic stress thank disorder. Thank you, thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. So, what is the Tour de Pink? So, the Tour de Pink is an incredible, amazing event. It's actually the only three-day bike ride in the United States for breast cancer. Wow, which makes it somewhat unique. But really, what makes it unique um, is the community. Uh, of young breast, cancer, young breast cancer survivors riding alongside pro serious riders, riding along people who just love them, um, and all doing 200 miles in three days um, and having a great time. So it's it's exciting and wonderful. The East Coast is this weekend. Two weeks later is the West Coast. And then we have just launched our third ride in the South in Florida. Wow. Um, in April, so if you feel like leaving the cold and coming down to Florida, um, we're going to start in Disney World and then in Palm Beach. It won't be so bad. Did you ever Florida. think you'd be riding a bike? No. At all? No. <laughs> Let alone? I hated riding bikes. Now I'm a cyclist. Yeah. How'd that happen? I don't know. I rode a city bike probably the first time I was on a bicycle in 10 years since I've had the motorcycle, because why would I go back right. to a bicycle? And, you uh, rode a city bike? Insanity. I almost ate shit like four or five times. <laughs> yeah. I was, like, was going to say, you want to ride with me in Tour de Pink? But I, like, I don't why, so. why do people do this? <laughs> a good wow. cause. Wow. So, Stace, 10 years. 10 years. What would you, this is a loaded question, but what would you consider to be some of the greatest accomplishments for YSC besides knowing it works? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I'm still here is number uh, one. That's an accomplishment, yes. That's the greatest accomplishment. (laughs) Um, You know what I think one of the greatest accomplishments is one of the more recent accomplishments, um, and that is the elevated profile and acknowledgement of what we're calling the co-survivors. So those important people in a young survivor's life, and I think our ability as an organization to... Uh, really begin to reach out to that population to acknowledge them as people and as important people um, in a young woman's experience. I don't dare use the word journey. I, no, no it's really not about We're going to kick you out. Right? Yeah. <laughs> that word is um, no longer happening. But, yeah. but I think that that, to me, is one of the um, greatest accomplishments, really to be in an environment, in particular in our conference program, where we're able to to bring people together from across the country and around the world, actually, 
Um, but to have the Costa Virus come together and to see them be able to bond and release and connect in a way um, that we haven't been able to do in years past. So I think I'll take that as my greatest accomplishment for right now, other than that 22-year-old yeah. that I birthed <laughs> a long time ago. <laughs> so I, I um, the back in the day, you had a conference called C4YW. Back and in that, the day. that really set the bar for what was possible to bring people together under one roof for a life-changing experience. And it gave me a lot of inspiration to when I was given the opportunity to invent a conference out of nowhere and the OMG Summit was born. Uh, it, it, I took a lot of that. And you've managed to really make it your own with the YSC Summit, inaugural YSC Summit this year. Tell us about that. Okay, it was awesome. It was awesome. I was there, I attest, but tell us about no, that. No, <laughs> you, you were awesome too. Um, but I think that what we were, what we've been able to do is really uh, take the blessings and the learnings from what was a great partnership, and and be able to really acknowledge the current needs of our population, and say, you know, it's really YSC's responsibility as an as an as this organization focused on young women diagnosed with breast cancer to deliver the the type of program that they need and I and the conference the inaugural summit which you attended uh in 2015 in Houston uh, was really a great acknowledgement that we were on the right track uh so I hope that everyone is saving the date for March 11th through the 13th in 2016 we'll see you in the ATL that's Atlanta Very for nice. those of you that ain't hip <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, and I and I think that what we've also been able to do in in growing is also do more one day programmings because the reality is is that we know that everybody can't attend that three day meeting. Mm -hmm. You know, leave work, leave family, et cetera. Um, and so we're really building on. We had our first regional symposium in D.C. Well, this I was going to say not to be outdone. You decided to go to, regional, not to be <laughs> outdone. You know, because we have to outdo it's ourselves. It's yes. different than OMG. It, oh, <laughs> it is different. It's a very it's different. different um, thing, and it's it's all breast cancer primarily. Sorry, oh no, sorry, of course, Matt. of course, but um, but yeah, I love. So, well, so, kind of you, you, I, love I love. You love. You love. <laughs> we, we won't. Oh, okay. So, um, but you still had a few hundred people that. there. Absolutely, yeah, we so. had a couple hundred people yeah. in in DC. We're going to be, you know, but the opportunity for that program is to really go places where people are not accessing services to the degree that folks that come to New York and DC and even Atlanta are. So we're going to be in Jackson, Mississippi, in January. Wow! Um, so come on and join us. Have you if been you before? Like. We have not been before, but we have the opportunity to partner uh, with the Gulf States Young Breast Cancer Survivors Network there. Um, so really, you know, aligning ourselves with the right people. Uh, and then after our summit, will we be in Twin Cities uh, in June 4th? Yeah. June 4th. Yeah, June 4th. Kenny's going to chime in. Like You have to Instagram everything you eat in Mississippi. Okay. It's nice to drive through. He has driven through Mississippi. All right. Okay. Is it flat? Uh, it's always rained. That's <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, we're hoping for no rain, no snow, no snow. Yeah, no snow. No, no snow. I don't think you'll have snow. No snow. No snow. Preston's really the only one that Instagrams. That's true. I, I can attest. I, I, uh, he's better at he's it very, than I am. He's very dynamic. behind the mic. Yeah, he's <laughs> better than I am. You had mentioned, um, I, I, I didn't mean to, to, over, to glance over this, the resource link. Kit that you guys have, yeah. truly the Bible of one on one 
Truly. You know, I, I, you mentioned it, and I was like, oh, we didn't talk about it. What is that? Well, I think there's a variety of things. There's all the different navigators, depending on where you are in your experience, not your journey. <laughs> um, but if you're newly diagnosed, certainly, you know, you have to learn the world of cancer very quickly, as we all know, who've been down that road, right. that journey. Um, and then, you know, we have a post-treatment, long-term, and then a metastatic navigator. And we also have uh, the resource link guidebook, which is truly the Bible. It's, it is the, everything in this country, every service, every, every, everything you'd want to know and need for breast cancer. Right. Um, and it's all free. Yes. Anything and everything from YSC is free. Absolutely. Absolutely. I want to just round this out because you guys have now a research agenda, mm-hmm. which is very you exciting. Do. And that's all Stacy. <laughs> Not so much. <laughs> <laughs> I have the, the privilege of leading it, yet I think it is imperative that YSC take its position and say, look, the reality is is that mammographies and screening mammographies are not necessarily appropriate for the population of young women. And so we know we need some technology, some opportunities to ensure that young women have some screening. Right. Beyond so, self-exam. Correct. Correct. Which is not screening. That's, no. That's you know, not yeah. screening. No. Um, And so we have had the opportunity to work with researchers, with clinicians, and with research advocates, which we think is important for the advocate's voice to be heard, um, to develop this research agenda. So our priorities are certainly positioned in the research agenda. It can be found on our website. We're happy to mail you a copy uh, from youngsurvival.org. Yet our, our opportunity now is to really drive those priorities and work with more researchers to see if we can answer some of these questions that would not only address the issues that young women face, but optimally, they would also address some of the major issues in breast cancer in total. No, it's it's very aggressive how amazing it's it's come after a couple of years, what it's really doing now. Uh, what are your, do you have any specific messaging for October this year? We had di- dived into things that are more sort of classy, I think is the best way to say mm-hmm. it this year. Is it really around specifically metastatic or are there other issues that you guys are talking about? There's definitely other issues. I mean, metastatic is certainly very important. Um, Really what we're focusing on, another thing we're focusing on is the words from a young survivor, you know, telling the story, the true story from a young survivor. And the idea is not for the survivor to tell the public, the survivors to tell other survivors. Right. So we'll be rolling out a series of videos that we received from young breast cancer survivors, basically saying to other young breast cancer survivors, this is what I wish I had known. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're excellent and amazing, and they're all just totally unique and awesome. And um, so those will be rolling out. Definitely worth watching. Yeah, that's another major pivot I'm seeing. Storytelling is yeah, back. Yeah, huge. It, it went away for a long time, and storytelling is truly definitely back. Definitely back. Yes. Well, there are so many more opportunities to tell your story, right? right. So we've always had the... You can send us your story, your written story, and we'll position it on our website and then someone can read it. But I think now to your earlier point with social media, there are just so many more opportunities to and so many more vehicles in which to share your story. And the story is important. It's really um, that thing that empowers other people. I I, want to go back. Didn't you meet like Taylor Swift or somebody recently? (laughs) I was so jealous. What was that concert in Katie LA? Katy Perry. Katy Perry. Shake, shake, shake. Yeah. yeah. No, we're, we're doing for the third year. Actually, we are the beneficiary of the uh, CBS We Can't Survive concert. Uh, it'll be in a few weeks at the Hollywood Bowl. Yeah. And 
there's a whole Sam bunch. Sam Smith. Sam Smith, oh. Maroon <laughs> 5. Maroon 5. Um, there's a whole bunch of people that. I see Nick Jonas, Demi yeah. Lovato. Okay, there you go. Yeah, so yeah. why let me Calvin suffer? Harris. I mean, that wasn't fair. <laughs> <laughs> that sucked. Um, yeah. So it, it's it's an incredible, incredible opportunity. It's so And cool. partnership it's, with CBS. Yeah. Really just to get the word out that young women can do get breast cancer. Yep. And they talk about it across all their radio stations for free. It doesn't cost us anything. And to me, it's really a hats off to CBS Radio for helping spread that message because it really, really will change lives. It's incredible. Don't yeah. forget to mention the sweepstakes. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. What's so if you're a young that? breast cancer survivor. Hi, Emily. Um, How are you, Emily? <laughs> if you're a young breast cancer survivor, definitely check out uh, youngsurvival.org. Um, just submit your name and some very basic information. You'll be put into... Um, a drawing. Uh, we will select one young breast cancer survivor and her guest and fly them round trip, two nights, hotel, VIPs, seats at the concert. And we have a great blog actually for the women who, the woman who went last year with her husband. Um, so definitely. Is, yeah, super cool. It's cool. All right. Uh, boilerplate YSC is the largest organization in the world that supports only young women with breast cancer. Online at YoungSurvival.org. And tweeting at? Yikes. Uh, YSC Buzz. Okay. On the spot. Yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> we, uh, we were joined by Jen Mershdorf, Young Adult Survivor, CEO of the Young Survival CEO. Coalition, and uh, Stacey Lewis, 10-year veteran, Chief Program Officer of the Young Survival Coalition. Uh, Emily Hilk, what a great show. What's your, what's your blog, Emily? Great, Emily. Oh, my blog is at rtonj.blogspot.com. Started out as the real tumors of New Jersey. I kind of like that though. Oh, you gotta, you gotta keep it. bring it back, bring it back. That's epic. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. What a great show and a great way to kick off uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month here in October on the Stupid Cancer Show. Big applause. All right, and now it is time for our closing sequence. Prepare to activate. Uh, I hear there's rumors on the. Uh, Internets. Have you ever seen a grown man naked? And so, to all of you, a fond farewell. Hooray, I'm helping. You are a meathead. Oh, Magoo, you've done it again. That was so terrible, I think you gave me cancer. Okay, folks, that's our show. The 362nd episode of The Stupid Cancer Show. Never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and follow us on SoundCloud. Broadcasting since 2007, the Stupid Cancer Show is a production of Stupid Cancer, the largest charity comprehensively addressing young adult cancer online at stupidcancer.org. Coming to you from the chemo deck and on behalf of my team here at the Stupid Cancer Show, we hope you had as much fun as we did poking a stick at Stupid Cancer. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here on the next exciting podcast of the Stupid Cancer Show.